0: Welcome to the Pregnancy Help Podcast. I'm Christine Grimmett. I'm joined by Valerie Harkins, Director of the National Maternity Housing Coalition and our housing specialist here at Heartbeat International. And we're talking about insurance today. So we invited Kirk Thomas from Johnson-Wittkemper Insurance to help answer some of those questions and to offer his expertise on the subject. Now, listeners may have come across this podcast episode because of the Heart and Home e-newsletter that Heartbeat International publishes each month, or maybe you're a regular listener of the podcast, but haven't yet subscribed to get those updates from Heart and Home. If you currently work or volunteer with a maternity home or you're interested in starting one, I would encourage you to click on the link in the show notes to subscribe to this free resource. And Valerie does a wonderful job of adding content each month that will help you and your organization stay on top of the world of pregnancy help specifically as it relates to maternity homes. Click the link below to subscribe today. So Valerie and Kirk, thanks so much for being here. I'll turn things over to you. Thanks, Christine. I appreciate it. So I am
1: excited and uh, thank you, Kirk, for joining us today. I, uh, I appreciate it. We are going to be diving into a subject that I have been getting questions about uh, increasingly, uh, it seems like in the last year, but especially I want to say in the last four or five months Kirk and uh, the audience that we're talking to today or those that seem to be asking me questions about this uh are it's a pretty broad audience it's comprised of maternity homes that have been in operation or uh, are currently in operation uh and they are maybe updating their programming and asking questions about what their insurance needs are um and then we have some that are brand new to the world of maternity housing and they're like insurance probably sounds logically like something I should think about but I have absolutely no idea what to think of or what to do um so Kurt that is what I want to dive into today with you and I appreciate you uh letting us pick your brain on air that's yeah.
2: uh, cool well thank you Valerie and hello everyone. Uh again I'm Kirk Thomas with Johnson Wick Kemper, and uh just brief a little, little bit about me. I I probably insure about 400 pregnancy care centers. I probably have about 50, 60 of those that have maternity homes along with the, uh, the pregnancy care center. So, um, we our our mission, uh, our, our mission and my mission is to protect you so you can protect life. So, um, I'm, I'm excited to get into what the, uh, what, what the requirements are from an insurance standpoint. And, you know, also maybe take, talk about some of the things that you, don't look at besides insurance that you need to be prepared for um, when you take on a maternity house.
1: I appreciate it. Okay. So, Kirk, let's, let's just start at the beginning. Okay. What are, what are the different types of insurance coverages that homes need to know about and be thinking of? Is it all the same? Are there kind of different categories?
2: Yeah. And I know um, for you, for all of you who have opened an, a maternity house and those that are considering opening a maternity house, you know, the first thing you're thinking about is how do I get, you know, um, my clients, you know, a roof over their heads, you know, I mean, in that case, but um, there are some considerations as far as insurance that you need to take a look at. And the, the types of insurance that that i like to say that you should look at is protecting your assets and, and your assets are your Physical assets, your building, your property, um, and then also your people assets. We know, I mean, your employees, uh, your volunteers, and then also your board members that um, sit over the top, you sit on top or sit on your board and make the decisions for for your organizations. Um, So, pretty much how that is, is property insurance, um, liability insurance. Um, you know, directors and officers insurance. Um, those are the th- things that you need to consider when you're um, thinking about or you have a maternity house um, that you're operating.
1: Okay, so that that's very helpful. Now, with what you're talking about, I, I just want to cover, does that also apply in the same way to maternity homes uh, that have uh, unique property styles? So let me Tell you what I mean by that. Uh, there's generally three categories of maternity homes, broadly speaking. Some that operate in a single-family home, some that operate in a multifamily property, and some that operate in a mixed-use property. More and more, Kirk, I am seeing not one maternity home really is modeled after the other. While it previously uh, was traditionally known, a maternity home was known as, you know, a uh, serving uh, pregnant women in a single family home or single family property, maybe with um, a couple or one missionary living there and serving them, maybe they had a baby in the home, maybe they didn't. More and more now we're seeing that uh, maternity homes are actually opening multifamily properties like uh, I've seen some actually take old hotels, convert them into dormitories for women. Uh, some are actually building their own quadruplexes on their properties. Um, and then increasingly on top of that, we're seeing mixed-use properties where homes are actually buying large properties uh, or large pieces of land and opening daycare centers, outreach centers, sometimes um, social enterprise uh, areas all on the same property where the residents live. So given that, whenever you're talking about protecting assets, uh, your, your people and your property and things like that, uh, how does that apply or does it apply to these many nuanced programs that are popping up?
2: Well, you know, one one principle applies, you know, I mean, you know, the the you know, to a single family type of uh dwelling or residence to the multifamily what you talked about. Um, it's just you've got more exposure when you when you take on multi versus a single family uh dwelling. First thing, you know, I mean is insuring your building. I mean, you know, um, are do you own your building? Because then you're responsible for insuring that building and um, the one thing that you want to make sure is that building costs have went through the roof in the last three years. I mean, it's it's you know, what used to be a hundred dollars a square foot now is three hundred dollars a square foot. So you want to make sure that you're adequately insured if if something happens to your maternity home. And um this summer I had a you know one of my clients that had um a uh a windstorm down in the south south uh east part of the United States that um, that windstorm took branches, and it was just like they were throwing javelins into the roof and into the uh, facility. So, um, do you do, you know making sure that, that that building is adequately insured if you do have the loss? If you're renting the facility and you um, you want to make sure that you're uh, that you're covering um, because you don't have to insure the building, but you have to insure your responsibility for that building. And what that means is that. If you have a loss and you're responsible for say say one of your residents is smoking a cigarette, you didn't know about it, she throws it into the uh the trash, it smolters smolters for a while, ends up causing a fire and burns down your the facility that you're running. Well, you don't have to worry about the building, but you have to worry about the landlord's insurance company because the landlord's insurance company is going to subrogate against the responsible party. So you uh you want to make sure that you're insured for that if um, if if that happens you know in that case um we talked about you know the you know the security protecting the people that are that you're you're in care of as far as the the clients having proper proper procedures in place having having security cameras and you know you know I don't want to make your insurance poor but I just want to tell you what the uh what credits you get from underwriters if you've got a camera if you have got a security system a central station a fire alarm station if you're sprinkler building those things are all consideration into helping uh you know minimize the cost of insuring a property I mean in that case so does that answer your question Valerie?
1: Yes that does answer my question and I um I appreciate that you know it brings a couple of thoughts to mind uh such as you know is there any preparation or work that a maternity home should do or know of before actually contacting their insurance company. Uh, Examples of this, I'm thinking about, you know, uh, maybe different agencies that uh, they need to be aware of. You mentioned uh, an alarm system. Uh, Another way of saying that might be what kind of questions are the insurance companies going to ask of these homes?
2: Well, they're going to ask, you know, I mean, the, the, the upkeep of the building, you know, I mean, if you've got an older building, they're going to want to know if there's been updates to the roof, the electrical, the plumbing, the HVAC systems. It's very hard to insure older buildings now that have not had updates to the roof because, you know, uh, you know, you're, you're not, you're not insuring them. You're just sort of giving, you know, it it, it's because we, we're not, you know, insurance companies are not in the business of insuring wear and tear, just something that's going to happen, you know, because a roof went bad. It's 30, 40 years old and, you know, it's going to, you know, it's going to, you know, leak here in, in a minute. So making sure that all those different things are are in place, um, the security that you have on your residence, the, um, you know, The, the vetting process that you have for your residents. And that's, that's not only an insurance thing. That's also, you know, making sure that you can, you know, you protect your, uh, your, your organization from any type of liability. And when you set a plan, that's the, you know, I mean, again, we talked about you're, you're, you're excited. You're about getting the, you know, in, in, frantic, trying to get everything together. Um, for a, uh, you know, getting, your, you know, a roof over your client's heads and that that's your primary goal. But you want to have a plan in place before you have a loss or before something happens in that case, because you don't want to try to try to come up with that plan while you're going through the process. And I know in my experience, a lot of, you know, a lot of organizations they don't have that plan and process before, and then they have to try to figure it out when when they're at a crisis point. So it's very very important to take a look at what your what your business continuation plan. You know, I mean, for the for the for the residential facility.
1: Any uh, any suggestions about what home should be considering when they're making that plan?
2: Well, uh, again, um, yeah, you you should have you know security measures. You should say, okay, if a tornado came through today and we lost our facility, and and you know, I mean, luckily in this loss that happened, I was just telling you about, none of the residents got you know hurt or injured. Well, do you have if the if somebody's injured of a tornado or a fire, do you have a uh, a plan for that to get people there? Do you have a a plan for um you know you know do you have electricians that you deal with or um you know mitigation contractors. I mean, those would be in place so that you just go to this list and you're going through what you need to do rather than trying to create that list while it's happening. Um, you know, all, all kinds of things as far as, um, you know, where if, if you're, if you lose your building, what are you going to do with your residents while we're reband- rebuilding the building? And unfortunately, if you have a loss today, it's probably going to take about six to nine months for us to replace that building. So what are you going to do with your residents for six to nine months? Where are you going to come up with the funding? Do you have a, you know, a GoFundMe page that you can, you can access really quickly to get those funds so that you have, um, the resources available to relocate your, um, um, your residents. So those are all the things that would, that I would consider in a business continuation plan that you should have. So, Again, so you're just going through and checkpointing and you're marking off the things rather than what do we do? You know, I mean, as, uh, you know, that, uh, and, and I can tell you that I've, I've dealt with organizations that have both that have defined plans and then have not no plan at all. And I, the ones that have the defined plans are the ones that, you know, get through and or, you know, that survive a major loss because most most organizations will not survive a major loss not because the insurance didn't cover it just because it's because they didn't have a plan in place to get them through until the till they're back in business
1: got it got it i appreciate that um you know we talked a little bit beforehand before doing the show and you brought uh you kind of jogged my my memory of a few things uh that came to mind uh and, and what i was really thinking about is thinking about insurance from the perspective of the insurer. Uh, so often I'm talking to the home. So my mindset is thinking, of course, um, all things through the lens of the maternity home. Uh, but I started thinking about what you touched on earlier, that vetting process, uh, and thinking about that vetting process of the insurance company of the organization. Uh, what are some of the considerations, uh, that an insurance company will take into account whenever considering insuring a maternity home?
2: Well, again, they look at basic things for property insurance, you know, what we discussed before, you know, I mean, that you're updating everything, that you've got a security plan, that, you've, that you're that you making sure that there's inspections of the rooms, that you don't have, you know, uh, you know, you, for lack of a better word, a pig pen in one of these bedrooms, that's just a fire hazard waiting to, waiting to happen. Um, you know, that, that you've got all these different, like I said, the different things as far as the physical characteristics, but, you know, when I'm talking about the vetting plan, you know, I mean, uh, I'm talking about, uh, um, you know, things such as like, you know, what you expect, you know, having a defined plan with your residents before they come in, what do you expect of your residents and what can they expect from you? Um Again, that would be, um, you know, you know, letting them know that, hey, we expect you to go to church. You know, I mean, we expect you to to be a part of our daily devotions or, you know, you know, we expect, you know, we're going to be praying for you and we hope that, you know, pray and, you know, the, the clients might not be used to that, but you need to make sure what, what I, I sort of did an interview on one of my clients and what they said, you know, I mean, is very, very important is that, you know, your residential facility is not a shelter. It's a program and that these people need to, you know, follow the program that, that you've laid out for them and what you expect for that. So, so those, those defined. Um, statements of what you are, that you're a faith based organization, and this is what we expect of you, and we will do everything for you. But, um, and then what, what are you going to do if, uh, they say, well, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not into this and, and, you know, you want to love on them and everything like that, but they're not following the rules. So you need to, you need to make a decision of how you're going to handle that. Um, maybe a toxic individual that's affecting the whole. Whole residential facility. So again, that that's a vetting process that's outside of insurance.
1: All right, I I appreciate it, Kirk. Uh, Kirk, anything that we uh, maybe missed or didn't touch on, or anything that you would want to add in uh, talking to our maternity homes about all things insurance for their organization.
2: Well you know i mean we we talked about some some rules and procedures about you know because uh, there's a different yeah i mean i'm I'm assuming that you know for each state there's a difference of if you have a resident you know just a resident or if you have a resident with minor you know i mean you know I always say make sure you're you're abiding by your state regulations on how those are you know I mean you know are you gonna have employees or are you gonna have uh um volunteers that that are the house moms or what have you um if they're employees do you have workers compensation in place for those people um so again um uh, uh you know that would be be my my recommendation you know to anybody that that's that's opening those
1: all right. I appreciate it. Can you uh, point our listeners to a way that they can connect with you or maybe connect with someone in your agency to learn more about potentially insuring their organization?
2: Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, my name, again, my name is Kirk Thomas, and I work for Johnson-Witt Kemper uh, Insurance. We're out of Columbus, Indiana. And Um, I'm the, pretty much the person that, that handles all the, uh, the pregnancy care centers, nonprofits, maternity homes, uh, with our agency. So you'd contact me. Um, I can be reached at, uh, 812-372-7829 is our office number, or my cell phone is 812-341-7971. Or you can reach me at Kirk, K-I-R-K, at JW and then insurance spelled out dot com. So that's Kirk at JW dot com. Um, you know, we, you know, at least, uh, we can give you some advice as to, um, what you're going to go through or, or, you know, I mean, as far as the insurance and try to find a carrier that's competitive, but also offers the coverages that you need to protect those physical and, uh, people assets.
1: Perfect. We uh appreciate it Kirk. I expect to be sending people your way as this has become at least a weekly conversation on on our end of things with uh with our maternity home. So we uh we certainly appreciate it and thank you for your time. I uh, I so appreciate you sharing all of your thoughts and info. I learned some things myself today. So mm. uh, Well,
2: I you know, again, Valerie, I appreciate you giving me this opportunity, Christine um, and uh, Heartbeat International, such a great organization. Um, you know, you've got you've got definitely got a fan with our agency about, you know, about doing so that so keep up the good work and hopefully we can help you in your mission of doing what you do.
0: All right. Well, Valerie and Kirk, thank you so much for your time and shedding a little bit of light on insurance for maternity homes. I'm sure you've answered a lot of questions for our listeners. And, um, you know, if you're listening to this and this was helpful for you, I would encourage you to send this to uh, a friend who's in ministry and maybe has some of these same questions and we can help each other out with those. Um, And of course, subscribe to the Pregnancy Help podcast. And that's a way for you to continue to get these updates and we will keep you looped in on all things affecting the work of the Pregnancy Help movement. So with that, we wish everyone a great rest of your day. And thanks for listening to this episode of the Pregnancy Help podcast.